This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. I'm your host, Millie Yearly, a.k.a. Tim, a.k.a. Hot Mike, a.k.a. Super happy right now because I am hanging out with my two besties, my two work besties. I've got Trevor and N Cookie from the Pool Together community, from G9 Software, from PoolyCon. My my PFers, my best, my PFer BBs. How are you guys doing? Thanks for being on the podcast. GM Tim, that intro never gets old. I'm glad to be here. GM, happy to be here. So, yeah, I, I try to bring it every time and uh, the, the intro and I try to improv a little bit and always spice it up. But I'm, I'm I feel like I'm a little nervous right now just because this is this is really great. I always talk to strangers, basically people I've never met the first time that I'm really talking to them is on the podcast. And but I, I know you both. We we meet daily at 1 p.m. Eastern for stand up for G9 software. And so I. It just blows my mind, though, that the first time, well, I've not met you, Cookie, IRL, but I met Trevor at PoolyCon at uh, East Denver less than a year, less than a year ago. Can't even believe it. It seems like a decade, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that went by very fast. I can't believe that um, V5 was still in development then and then now. Yeah. Now, now we're there. We're the done. conversations about <laughs> V5 then to like it's out in the wild now i mean that's some turnaround time right there that was that was that's really great definitely so all right go ahead cookie yeah no, you can pretend like you don't know us if that makes it easier yeah no yeah i can't do that i can't do that i have to i i'm i know so much about you and i'm gonna bring up every little bit and piece in this podcast but uh i want to hear as i do Every time we do the podcast, because I think it's so helpful, it kind of helps everyone place themselves in the crypto journey. How did you guys get into crypto? Um, and then and then also, how did you get into software deving? Trevor, go first. Yeah. Well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Cookie and I went to university together. And we were in the same the same software program, computer science program. So we spent a lot of time together uh, in the, the years prior to being a part of crypto or, or pool together in general. And yeah, I mean, for myself, I got into crypto because of Cookie. Just one day he started uh, messaging me about all the amazing things you could do with money on the internet. And uh, I had to check it out for myself. So that was in 2020, 2021, something like that, um, is when I first started to actually get into crypto just started off doing trades. I think everybody starts doing some sort of just buying or selling some sort of token and then eventually got into DeFi. And once I was in DeFi, there was no going back because there's this thing called smart contracts and they are just fascinating to me. And I had to just start learning how to make them. And then uh, fast forward a, a few years and carry them and pull together and, and G, G9 software helping develop pull together V5. That's just a a uh, dream come true for me. What about you, Cookie? What's your side of the story? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a pretty similar starting story. I mean, from that CompSci degree, I you know started doing normal Web2 development. But yeah, not, nothing really engaged me, uh, at least not in the way that crypto has. I had a few jobs at a few companies, wasn't really passionate about anything that I was really working on. And then 
you know, I find this crypto thing, it's like everything is so focused on being open and decentralized and open source and pseudonymity is just so big in the space. And there's just like this awesome community being formed. Um, and yeah, I just, I wanted to jump into it and see what I could build. And, you know, the first few like little projects that I built actually garnered like, a little bit of attention. And I liked the people that I was communicating with. I liked basically just how, how smart everyone in this industry is compared to others. And um, it's just a really good place to be. And yeah, I've, I've been here ever since. Don't see any other way for, for me to proceed. So tell me about some of those projects, Cookie, and then also, Trevor, I know that you've <clears throat> done some stuff as well. But I would love to kind of have like an overview of your your projects that you did, because I feel like I guess what I'm getting at is how does somebody go from zero to smart contract de developer or front end developer in crypto? Obviously, you do it by building, right? You do it by experimenting and and trying new things and learning. So I would love to hear what are those like learnings that kind of were the stepping stones for you to now be devs at G9? Yeah, I mean, uh, I did go into the, the smart contract side. So I, I think Trevor can speak to that uh, a little bit more. But for my for my end, for like a, a front end slash back end slash full stack, I didn't really know anything about crypto when I started. And so a way that I chose to kind of get myself into it was with a little portfolio tracker, which honestly was quite ahead of its time. I, I don't think we had a lot of good options back in the day. I think now it's a lot more of a competitive market and there's a lot of apps that can that can offer uh, that experience. But, but yeah, I built a little portfolio uh, tracker that basically forced me to start looking into protocols, DeFi protocols, in order to integrate them into, into the tracker. So it just, it was such a good choice for me personally, because it just forced me to learn first how to read Solidity, how to use a block explorer, looking for methods, joining all these protocol discords and, and other distribution channels to ask questions and, and basically learn how to integrate the parts of these protocols that matter to people. And yeah, honestly, it was a great experience and it taught me so much uh, that yeah, it, it led to me having a pretty fulfilling uh, career so far, just contributing to the DAOs and uh, see pull together is one of them. So. What about you, Trevor? Yeah, after graduating, I just went straight into contract work. And uh, I, I always tell people the reason for that is just because I like to I like to make fun things. I like to, you know, have I like to have a, a variety of experiences in development work. And I, I don't like being stuck in a in a position where I'm doing just one thing for my career. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it was just really a freedom thing, I think. But through that work, I just had a lot of autonomy to explore new technologies. And after learning a bit about DeFi and, you know, learning how to send transactions and how to read a, a block explorer, I just wanted to learn how to create smart contracts. So I, I just went straight into Solidity development there. And what really got me into it, I'm sure a lot of people have the same story but I, yeah, I i went through the the crypto zombies tutorial i think it was solidity tutorial it's just like uh i think it's still out there i think it's still kicking it's a very in-depth tutorial from start to finish on on how to begin smart contract development with solidity 
and it teaches you how to make this this NFT uh, almost game experience where you're you're making these crypto zombies that you can trade and and upgrade or maybe fight. I forget exactly what it is, but yeah, really, I was amazed that there's this free resource to use that just taught you the basics of Solidity, and I went through that, and it was a huge help. So that's the zero to probably 10% experience for me. And the rest of it is just experimenting and making projects that fail and never see the light of day, but having fun with it. Yeah, I think for both of you, neither of you said the two things that I thought you would say is for you, Trevor, I thought that you were going to talk about Pulagachi, or I just remember you did East Denver, you did the hackathon. And and that was a great experience. And then post that, or maybe even pre that, you did like Pulagachi. No, pre that, because you did a pres- presentation at PuliCon about Pulagachi, which is just a really cool way to gamify the Pool Together protocol. And then for you, Cookie, I bothered you about this so much, which, which is your prize calc site, which is basically people, it gives people the information they want to know. It's like, hey, if I have X amount in Pool Together, what can I maybe expect to win? Uh, and then if I wanted to delegate it to, you know, 100 people, if I had $100,000 and I wanted to delegate it to 100 people, how much would they win? And so like those those two projects, that's what I think of when I think of you. But that's just maybe my my limited exposure. What could you talk if, if you want? I would love to hear more about like those projects in general, but then also maybe your favorite project like hack that you've done. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about this but yeah uh cookie and i have done uh at least a few hackathons together and that was also a big learning experience if there's any developers who are looking for a way to really get their foot in the door and learn some more things hackathons are a very nice way to do that you are surrounded by people who are passionate about building things and teaching things about crypto and uh you get to make something cool over a short period of time. I think our first hackathon was East Toronto in 2022. I think it was just last, yeah, it's like a, a little over a year ago. And we made a project that monetized, it was, it was a way to monetize developer APIs on chain. So an API is this web service where you make some requests to and it, and it, yeah, it gives you some results back. That's kind of the basic of it. But yeah, we, we made an on-chain subscription standard to help monetize an API. And it was like a 24-hour hackathon, and we pushed out this development kit and had a lot of fun doing it. And we ended up making it to the finals on that, that hackathon and got to present in front of like 500 people. It was a great time. Was that just you two, or did you have other people on the team? We had a few people on the team as well who were all very beginner and we we all had a had a fun time you know teaching each other about what what blockchain tech is and and how we're going to build this thing okay well then here's our first sidebar i wasn't planning on talking about this but what are your tips to get to the finals slash win a hackathon well i can't say we've ever won a hackathon (laughs) but uh to get to the finals at at a hackathon i don't if you've never been to a hackathon or participated in one uh, there are a lot of incentives for developers. There's a lot of bounties. There are a lot of projects that want you to use their thing. They 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 are throwing money at you to build with their technology. That's kind of what crypto hackathons are. And it's a very distracting environment because here you are sitting in a room 
and there's people coming around to you saying, hey, do you know what this is? Do you want to build with it? Do you know about our bounty? Um, We'll give you money to build with this. But a lot of times you have to ignore that. You really do. Because a lot of, I'm not saying all of the the bounties are useless, but uh, a lot of those projects and bounties are just noise. It's just something that is not going to be useful at all for your particular vision for your product. And if you try to cram in too much into your vision, your product that you're thinking of building, uh, it's it's going to end up like a big pile of garbage and you're not going to get anywhere. So if you're actually looking to win a hackathon, it's about sticking to your ideals and, you know, building out a core product that only includes exactly what it needs to include. I think it's very clear in at least the hackathons we've been to, there's a very distinct separation between teams that are building for bounties and teams that are building because they want to build cool stuff. And if you can overlap these two, then it's amazing, right? Uh, You have an idea for your project. There is uh, a bounty giver or a sponsor that aligns with that idea. And then you build on top of that, which makes it either easier or better. And then you go with that. But yeah, what happens a lot of times is people build for those bounties. And that's not necessarily the best way to go. I feel like if a bounty doesn't make sense to build with your project, then you probably shouldn't do it. But that is the way you do well in a hackathon, at least if it's promoting the right uh, builder builder mindset. Awesome. Yeah, I my my hackathon, I've only done one. I did ETH Tokyo and I got to do like the pitch and I got to do like some of the product and ideation stuff. And then also connecting with all the bounties and the different partners and such. And uh, there is definitely a way to like win the hackathon, but not really win the hackathon, meaning like get as many bounties as possible. But but yeah, it just depends on what you're trying to do. And I think I think ideally, like an ideal state for a hackathon is not get all the bounties, but it's create the something that moves the industry forward in, in a way. So that's the goal, obviously, but you might not uh, win. Also, I think I think the lore is really key, you know, like you got to have a good pitch. I think I think that's like a big at least it matters to me. But OK, so now you guys are at. So so you you dev for pull together community. You're making cool stuff. And now you're on G9 and you built you had a hand in building V5. What was that like? What was it? What was it like, you know, with the legacy, walking into the legacy of V4 and then building this new any token, any yield source version of the protocol, a hyperstructure, if you will? I mean, it's been amazing to summarize it. I joined the G9 team probably halfway through the development of V5. So we already had the whole idea behind it formulated and a lot of it coded up. But just working through the problems of how to make this protocol as autonomous, decentralized as possible and how to make sure that it's going to be the last version of Pool Together was just an amazing challenge. And uh, I'm just... I feel privileged that I got a chance to contribute to that. I would just add that the experience of deploying a protocol, especially one as permissionless as this, just deploying it, putting it out there in the wild, even after, you know, huge amount of audits and, and checks and tests and everything is quite stressful. Uh, I, you know, I joined the, the team a little while back, but I wasn't part of the, the before deployment, unfortunately. So this was my first, uh, you know, big permissionless project deployment and, uh, yeah, I'm 
all things considered, uh, went super smoothly, and I'm super happy about that. But yeah, definitely, definitely a stressful experience. Cookie, what is prize power? What what even is prize power? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something we've iterated a lot on, and I actually think we'll be changing it pretty soon in the Cabana app. Uh, but basically, the idea is we want to give users an idea of the chances that Vault has to win prizes. Because pulled together as a protocol is a lot more abstracted in terms of pure yield when compared to other protocols, right? Uh, a lot of other, at least dApps or, or borrowing protocols or stuff like that, uh, you see an APR on the page. If the APR is bigger than this other APR, then that means you gain more and you have more yield. And obviously you have to consider risk assumptions, you know, what are you risking by depositing there? But generally you can compare the two APRs in different protocols and uh, pull together that APR is random, basically, right? You can win the grand prize and basically your APR would be a ridiculously high number, or you can, you know, be very unlucky and just win a few tiny prizes uh, to the point where your APR would be much lower. So it's a difficult measure to to inform the user about. And so we've tried a lot of things. Right now on the Cabana app, we're showing basically uh, a stat that contributes to a vault's chances of winning, which is, uh, we have more specifics on how exactly this is calculated on, on the docs, but it's basically how much pool, pool tokens, this vault has contributed to the prize pool in the last, let's say, seven days averaged out. So it's a number that doesn't make too much sense on its own, but you can compare between different vaults. So if, if a vault has a higher number, it means it has higher chances of, of winning um, linearly as well. So double number, double the chances. And the idea was to emulate something kind of like, like Alva's uh, health factor, for example. It's a number you don't necessarily need to know how it's calculated, but you know, bigger, better, if it reaches a certain number, you know you should do something about it, that sort of thing. So. But um, yeah, we're investigating different ways of showing this, translating that to an APR value uh, with some extra information to maybe guide users that are new to the protocol. But um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. We'll, we're always looking to improve. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to build for really who's here and then who you want to be here, right? Because in DeFi, in DeFi, we have like the DeFiers, the people that are already here, which I would say is compared to the general population of the planet, a low number. And these people are okay with complexity. They they know how to use smart contract wallets. They probably have hardware wallets. You know, like complexity is the name of the game, right? And also security is too, and how to stay safe in DeFi. And yet we know that pool together, the product, the protocol is really great for normies. It's like a really cool way to onboard somebody to crypto. And you can actually just delegate to somebody and not even have, they don't even have to fiat on ramp. You can just delegate them some of your prize, your chances of winning prizes and they'll win crypto. And then they're off to the races with, with the crypto. So, you know, it's like, it's like prize power really works, I think for like the normies, but everyone else who is using DeFi right now is like, what, what is that? Give me the APR or you're dead to me kind of thing. So it's just interesting building for those two populations. Do you think that we're going to onboard a billion people or however we say, like in the next 10 years, what needs to happen? I think a lot of things need to happen. Can we do it alone? Definitely not. You know, that's, it's, I think it's a long, a long 
before the world starts to use crypto in in a sense in an everyday sense or even at all the i mean people have been saying this for a long time but the the challenges that face people who are, are getting into crypto for the first time are immense and it takes a lot of passion right now to get past those challenges and to learn how to use a wallet to learn what a blockchain is to learn what gas is and how to swap and how to and just how to get access to to defi services all of that is such a massive hurdle for the majority of the population i think what pull together does to help that is is like what you said it makes it it brings an inviting experience and and it says like hey we're making this as easy as we can you can if you know how to swap you can now participate and pull together and win prizes just by holding tokens you don't need to interact with any contracts outside of that you can swap from whatever token you have right now whatever token you manage to get in your wallet into a prize token and you can just hold it and magically earn prizes and that's 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 obviously very powerful because the more hurdles you can get rid of the more people are going to try out crypto i also want to add that it's debatable whether this is the hardest part but at the very least the first step uh, we've done right we've deployed the protocol it is out there it works and so everything that goes on top of that is progress towards onboarding more people enabling different experiences with the protocol and i think we've you know barely scratched the surface with that you know we have two interfaces for the protocol at the moment but both are very tfi user friendly right if you know what a, a blockchain is and you know how to do some basic swaps both interfaces are going to be super easy to use but there can be you know a lot more abstracted interfaces for people that you know don't know what a blockchain is and basically everything would be functioning through the protocol you know through ethereum and l2s and a lot of work can be done there to build on top of the protocol and yeah i think, I think we're, we're just starting yeah the the best crypto is uh the crypto you don't even know you're using that's what i would say if we can get to that point where people can use pull together without even knowing that they're using pull together that's that's the the, the end goal in my opinion yeah, I was talking to a buddy this past week, and it's so funny how siloed crypto is. So NFT people are still just like NFT maxis. Ordinals people are really just into ordinals. DeFi people into DeFi, and there's there's barely any crossover or not a lot. And I think actually the pull together community. What I love about it is is it kind of is a is a meeting place of maybe niches that don't that don't cross over as much where you can have, oh, this person knows about this area of crypto and this person knows about this other area of crypto. But I was talking to somebody who is is not into DeFi because they're scared of it. And also because they, you know, they're they're at the size, their size is size enough that they are really worried about like taxable events on things. And like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they just really are meticulous about their crypto taxes. And that's another thing is like just regulation and how it needs to be like if you want to be above board in crypto, it needs to be easy peasy to do your taxes. And we are definitely not there yet. Any effort that you make on your crypto taxes, at least in the US, is is like admirable to the to the IRS. It's like, wow, you've 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 itemized. This is great. Most people don't itemize. They should itemize. So 
Yeah, I just, I just, in talking with my friend about this stuff, it was just like, oh man, there's just so much. And it also seems a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but, but, but then again, we talk about Eat Denver was only a couple months ago. Like just how much has been accomplished in just this short amount of time, even by us, Generation Software, Pool Together community. So I think, you know, in the next three years, we'll be star pool together. We'll be integrated with Starbucks rewards points, you know? <laughs> and so you're going to get a free latte, but you also get like crypto with that. You'll get some pool tokens. It's going to happen. Well, I'm very excited for that, Tim. Can't wait to, to see you make it happen. I'm doing their NFT program now and it's actually really cool, you know, but I, again, there's no one that's gonna, there's no one using the Starbucks app that's going to go through the hoops of this NFT program. It's all NFT people doing it. Cause it's just, it's crypto. It's just not easy. So, but it's very fun to do. Right. Okay. We've come to the moment in our podcast where I want to talk about what can we do with V5? What are the cool new things? What do you want to see done with V5 that has not been done yet? That that's still in that's still like, you know, in our reserves. Like it's a trick up our sleeve that we haven't pulled out yet. What are what are those things, those tricks, those those flourishes that we're we're pumped about that we haven't even seen with V5 yet? I think the first thing is or the thing I'm most excited for are just other kinds of, of yield sources. That's like the baseline. That's that's the the thing I'm most excited for because it's it's what V5 first and foremost enables compared to other compared to V4. V4 was just USDC on Aave, and we've launched V5 with USDC, Dai, and ETH on Aave. But the potential is just so much higher. I'm excited for ETH staking yield sources definitely because that that is the biggest crypto native yield source out there right now. So that is definitely my first answer. And uh, my second answer is just fun things with vaults and prizes. There are just so many ways to build on top of V5 that people don't quite know what the possibilities are yet. And we need to to help them realize it so we can start seeing some fun things on V5. But yeah, there's vault hooks. There are completely custom vaults you can make. You don't even have to use the standard vault that, that exists in V5 right now. If you want to make some wild way for people to participate in the prize pool, you can do that because it's permissionless. Like, give me an example of that. What's a wild way that somebody could participate in the prize pool? Well, one that we've been talking about already for a while is, is NFT participation. Like, if an NFT project wanted to kick off their project, say, hey, anybody who mints an NFT gets a chance at this prize pool, something like that, or gets permanent chances to this locked up yield, of the yield that this this generates, and so you get chances to win prizes that that yield contributes to. So just say, yeah, like distributing prizes to NFT holders. That's, that's the basic thing that, that will definitely happen, and I, I can't wait to see that happen. And they could do that through the mint. So you're saying if you mint this NFT, then maybe a portion of the mint goes into uh, a vault that then you win prizes for holding the NFT. That's what you're describing? Yeah, a project could do that any way they, they wish to. There's no constraints there, really. They could also take that mint value and they could lock it up into a yield source that generates yield. Maybe it's ETH staking, you know, and then that yield just keeps generating and contributes to the prize pool. And those NFT holders get a perpetual chance to win the prizes that that yield generates. Like there's so many 
creative ways to create vaults that V5 enables. What are you excited about, Cookie? I think I'm on a similar boat of I want to see more vault diversity. I think it makes sense. It's possible now. And it's overall ideal for the protocol to be as diverse as possible. That just contributes to the decentralization of the protocol itself, if that makes any sense. But yeah, just all, all these things that you can build on the protocol. I, I think one thing that might not be super clear is that these things don't really have to start from the bottom up. Like you don't need to build a protocol on top of together itself. You can have any existing protocol out there. I mean, DeFi is just extremely composable in that sense. An existing NFT community could just attach prize winning capabilities to their NFTs through a variety of ways. Or, you know, any sort of DAP can just plug into, pull together through, again, a variety of ways. So I'm just excited just kind of seeing like more partnerships build out, just different protocols or, or NFT communities, just seeing the possibilities with, you know, using this thing that, that we built. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what people come up with, really. I have a of like getting on things that I'm excited about and then... I feel like people don't want to like discourage me. And so they won't challenge my ideas. But then I find out later that I was like horribly misinformed on something being non-technical and all that. But I'm not allowed to say I'm non-technical in 2024. That's my goal. I have to I can't I can't use that as an excuse anymore. I, I am technical in 2024. Technical Tim. But I am just so I am just so pumped about cross chain zaps. Like the ability to swap, and this is kind of abstracting crypto, right? You don't have to think about chains anymore. You can just operate from the swap feature in your wallet because it's just so convenient to be able to swap into crypto that is prize crypto where you can win prizes. It just it just makes so much sense to me. And I see the promised land and I think people will use it. I think the users will use it. But I could be horribly mistaken. Am I horribly mistaken on that with my cross-chain zapping dream of a promised land? Just shoot me straight here. <laughs> I, I don't think you're mistaken at all in that. I think it is a, it makes a lot of sense for um, companies to start working towards products that do that because it's, it's something that makes it easier to use crypto. It, it abstracts away the most difficult parts about crypto and bridging is definitely one of the most difficult parts of crypto. So, I mean, I am also excited to see more so than just a cross-chain future, but just an abstracted future of crypto. Um, people shouldn't have to worry about what chain their asset is on. They should they should be able to use it whichever way they please in a, in a very friendly way. I think uh, when I go to partners, when I talk to wallets or DEX aggregators or AMMs, when I'm talking to people, I, I, I do feel when I talk about that specific idea, I have to specifically even like wallets, the DAP browser is so rooted in the user experience. Like it just still in the end of 20, we're almost in 2024 and we're still talking about DAP browsers for mobile wallets. And, and I'm like, Hey, what if we just kept it in the swap interface? And, and it, I have to, they're like, wait, say that again. Wait, show us a slide. What's a visual that could help us? I'm like, it's really simple. Why, why, why am I, why do I have to re-explain this to you? But I feel like there is this like OG-ness of like, we've been doing this for so long. There, you know, 
cross-chain is kind of scary, bridging is very scary, that sort of thing, that there's this kind of demystification. And then uh, and then finally we get to the, oh yeah, that could actually happen. But the tech doesn't exist yet, but it it's exists. It, 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 it's all the pieces are there. And I think like in the next three months, I think it's within this next quarter, I think Q1 2024, we're going to see DEX aggregators start to pick up cross-chain routing, zapping type uh, interfaces like portals.fi. So it's been, it's really cool. I, I, I believe, I believe, but also when I'm in these meetings, I'm like, am I tripping? Am I tripping? Cookie, am I tripping? I don't think you're tripping, at least not here. But um, yeah, I, I feel like the, the whole like wallet abstraction, maybe not in the technical sense, but just like abstraction of concepts within a wallet experience is, I mean, maybe a separate conversation, but such an endless route for improvement. Uh, I think we still have a long way to go. I feel like. You know, recently I switched to, to Rainbow Wallet, which has network abstraction. Like you don't have to worry about switching networks anymore. And it's like, oh, that's a thing. Good. I never need to worry about that anymore. And, and I feel like so many more things can be abstracted like that. I, I think, for example, if a wallet would willingly be more opinionated in the sense that it doesn't have to allow for absolutely everything in DeFi, because I think that's what most wallets are geared towards. And maybe it's because they don't know where the industry's headed, really. I don't think anyone does. But I think there is room now for slightly more opinionated interfaces where, you know, if you have a good enough wallet experience that possibly abstracts gas and you have USDC just sitting in your wallet doing nothing, there's basically zero downside to not, or basically there's only downside to not having that USDC input together. So, you know, if, if an opinionated wallet would have a savings feature that would just automatically have that deposited and users don't need to know about it, it's just, you know, abstracting away an experience from users that they don't need to worry about anymore and they're just getting the most out of DeFi. Yeah, it's that convenience versus custody, right? So if if a wallet can do that for you, which I would love to do it, you can give them permission to do it for you. Why not have a prize asset rather than, you know, and then when you need to go spend it, when you want to go buy it, purchase something that doesn't take the prize asset, you have to use a different one, then yes, you spend it. But while it sits, while you have that that uh that that dormant dormant money, it, it's earning prizes. So uh, I also love Talisky's game in the chat with the with the alliteration and stuff. This is so good. Yeah, uh, Talisky says opinionated wallets. Does that tread too closely to an advise modal? And explain that. I don't understand that. Do you guys know what what Talisky means? I think he's just. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's just saying the more opinions that uh, a wallet is putting in their experience, the more they are technically advising their their clients. On, on what to do with their assets. And yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that. Once you get into that opinionated zone, it does very much uh, become a form of advice or even financial advice. So That's interesting, that's, though, because you're also selling products, right? So financial, yeah. that's what, I mean, banks do that all the time. And they also sell you stuff and that you didn't even know you bought or sign you up for an account that you didn't even know you signed up for. But yeah, it, there's the... That's interesting. The TradFi is very regulated and you have to have, you know, it's not financial advice. Okay, that's interesting. Got it. What we're talking about in this sense is the unique intersection of decentralized autonomous immutable protocols being used by an opinionated service. And that's the key word there is service. Pool together protocol is not a service. 
It's just a tool. It's something you can use in any way that you see fit. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't try to be opinionated, especially V5, where you can plug any sort of yield source in there. But yeah, when you get into the world of, of services, they are inherently opinionated. And for good reason, because they're trying to offer something of value to a consumer. So really, yeah, I mean, as we keep building out DeFi and DeFi protocols, I, I think it's really just enabling services to come out and, and use those protocols in more user-friendly ways. Because there's, there's always going to be the, the OG use DeFi through your, your normal wallet, your EOA, and, uh, you know, read a blockchain and do these and like have your own gas and all these things. There's always going to be ways to do that. That's the beauty of blockchains. But I think we're reaching a point where the people who aren't in that world uh, are never going to come into that world unless there's an easier way. All right. So I want to, I want to end this with this question, which is a very important question. And it relates to a meme. I like to, I like to meme in my pitch decks and one pitch deck that I'm using, or one meme that I'm using is the Spider-Man meme. And it's a bunch of different Spider-Men pointing at each other. And it says, build, you build it, you build it, you build it, you build it, you build it. And I feel like that's what, especially in co- partnership conversations, that's generally the tone. It's just like, hey, we've got cool stuff that you could build with. Can you build with it? And then I'm doing the same thing. It's like, hey, pull together is a really great protocol for you to add to your thing and to like build with. And um, if everybody's asking everyone else to build with, no one's going to build with anything because they're too busy building their own thing and not not incorporating other things. So my question is, how do we get past that Spider-Man meme and actually like build with things? Uh, how can we encourage builders to build with Pool Together? How can we as a Pool Together community build with other things? Uh, what's 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 a way to woo the devs and maybe, maybe, and this is for me being non-technical in 2023, but I won't be in 2024. I'll totally be technical. Maybe this part of the answer is more no-code options, like ability to maybe like the square space of DeFi, at least for front ends or something. <laughs> so yeah, what are your thoughts about uh, building more, building better, building as a team across crypto and DeFi? Yeah, I think that conversation that you're having with with partners is is very telling because you know, everybody at the core of DeFi is building a service they want other people to build on top of. Uniswap wants to be the universal layer of swaps. Uh, Pull Together wants to be the global prize infrastructure. And uh, it's it's very difficult for one protocol to integrate another protocol when it doesn't further its core values and goal. So I think it goes back to the same thing we were talking about before, where it's it's not about bloating these protocols with other features that it doesn't need. It's about streamlining all of these underlining protocols or handpicking a select few of them per se and putting them into an opinionated experience. So really, yeah, it's like we, we're, we've, we're providing a foundation and it's about making it as easy as possible for other people to build on that foundation and also to plug in other protocols and use those in their foundation as well. I, I kind of see it from a slightly different perspective um, of 
I don't, I don't know if any of you have seen the, the like the XKCD uh, meme about like uh, different standards, and then you know, someone's outraged that there are so many so many standards, and then they they think that they can make one better, and now there's you know X plus one standards. So I, I think that's same thing kind of happens here in terms of of protocols or or even services or DApps in the sense that there's a lot already here and people should probably use the things that are there but they see it as you know being able to do something better so they build their own and maybe it is better but uh, I, th I think one thing that's especially in crypto happens very often is people don't really know what is already out there or they just think that they can dump more money into it and it'll be better but yeah I don't I don't think this is like a very solvable problem, at least in the immediate future. I think people always want to kind of do their own thing and it's it's hard to build on top of other things, or at least there's less incentives to. But I'm I, I'm confident that in the long run, the the good protocols or the good underlying uh, you know feature sets that create value will win in the end. I, I guess I'm an optimist in, in, in that sense, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I remain hopeful that protocols that create value will be successful in the end. Do you think also maybe it's like more hackathons, like are hackathons the answer? Because I, I mean, we we started off this conversation talking about hackathons and, and uh, you know, people game the system and then people make really great products as well. But then uh, the probably the better products are the ones that really honed in on the product that they're creating and not try and didn't try to get as many bounties as pro possible. So I'm just, uh, maybe my question is, how do we get, so, so no, I, I appreciate those answers on like how we can work together and build together, but, but maybe, you know, you both started building with pool together. What inspired you to build with pool together? And maybe we just take that and keep doing that and make that better. Yeah. I mean, when I started building with pool together, uh, what really got me interested in it was simply just being in, in this pull together discord and hearing what people had to say about the protocol and the dreams they had for it. And I wanted to help build that out. And it's not an easy thing to do. It basically, I mean, getting into any, contributing to any sort of DeFi protocol or experience takes a lot of time and effort. You have to have a deep understanding about what the protocol is and what the community wants. And uh, a lot of people don't have time for that. So I think, you know, the the best path forward is is, is probably memeing things into existence. It, it's it's what you do best, Tim, to be honest. Uh, you, you, are, you are always manifesting ideas. You're manifesting the future of Pool Together in, in everything you say. <laughs> I don't know if... if uh, I'm sure some part of you does it on purpose, or maybe it's just your nature, but you manifest the future of Pool Together. Your Discord name is Millie Yearly. This is the, and it's become a goal for many people in this community to create a prize that is a million dollars yearly. You are, are memeing into existence the idea of swaps being the primary way to participate in Pool Together. And, uh, you know, all these ideas they really do take hold. They take root. And, and it's the easiest thing to communicate because it exists in so many forms and mediums. So I think it's really just more of that. It's taking the best things that everybody here wants to see in the future of Pool Together, and it's making them easy to understand. And 
it's it's just proliferating them through uh social mediums seizing the memes and cookie what are your thoughts and please compliment me as well in your response Let, let's start with that you're very articulate in your uh proliferation of memes um through songs particularly but um yeah i, th- I think to, to kind of bring it back to the to the hackathon and like building new things or on top of other things common I, I think it's I, I don't i wouldn't call it like willful ignorance I, I, I would call it more maybe requiring a slightly higher level of, of humility when building new things i think people should ask themselves if you know if their idea or or they themselves are do they think that the their idea is better than everything else that has come before it and imbued into that statement is the need to know what came before it which i think if people answer those two questions i think they can build something better i think i haven't i feel like every hackathon i've seen for the past two years or so has always had a oh it's like pull together comment at some point which is pretty funny so yeah i i'd like to see people that that want to build cool stuff just have that mindset of uh really looking back at what is already there can they build it better if so then by all means do it but yeah there's a lot of very smart people in this space uh, and a lot of them have built some amazing things so seeing how you can contribute value and uh, noticing that sometimes building your own thing from scratch isn't the way you can give the most value so keep that in mind well, this has been great. I was told myself I was going to try to make it tighter and shorter, but I feel like this was just chock full of goodness. Great information. We did we did the full hour. Uh, you guys are great. It's such a pleasure to work with both of you and uh, and then also to do a podcast together. I'm pumped about what V5 has in store for us all in the next quarter. And uh, and yeah, we'll we'll. I, I, what I'm really excited about after talking, after having this conversation is, and maybe we need to meme this into existence, manifest it, but just getting more dev, getting more builders. And I, and I do like the idea of also like no code and, and incorporating people because I did my first hackathon and I'm not technical. And I really felt like I contributed to the hackathon team. Like we need non-technical people to help build as well. So you know, I'm excited to see what this community, how it grows. And with you two builders at the helm, thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Tim. Yep. Thanks for hosting. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pool Together Discord and let us know.